Daddy Squared. Gay Dad Saved the World. A daily dose of gay dads on the front lines of the global pandemic. With Alex McGann and Jan Dick. I'm going to do it. Hello. Is that how you no, do it? No, that sounds like a horse. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Daddy Squared, the Gay Dads podcast. Uh, gay Dads have the world. Oh, day, day seven. I'm Alex. And I'm Jan, and, the immigrant. Oh, really? Are we doing that now? I am. I am a proud immigrant. You are an American citizen, so... Anyway, that um, too. <laughs> I wanted to talk for a minute before we go into the interview today, because you know we've been, we've been talking to these amazing people who are both doing things on the front lines of, of supporting people during this, this horrible pandemic, and who have kids and have to figure out what to do with them during the day. And, you know, we... Our kids are... Uh, uh, we have twin four-year-olds, and they... Um, you know, they've been going to school for two years now and, uh, you know, nursery school. And, uh, when the school closed, they decided to send us invitations to do zoom things, um, during classes. the day classes such as they are. Um, I think that it might work for kids who are like seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years old. It is not working for our kids. No. I mean, there's an attention span problem. There's a device problem. I, I, I somehow feel like if we hooked it up to our TV so that it was just there, um, it might work better. But they just, you know, they, they don't want to, like, sit around that thing and look at little rectangles. It's just not working. And you know what's funny? That the pandemic started when the school went to a spring break. There were like classes for like two, two or three days and then they're like, okay, now we're going to spring break, have fun. <laughs> and then we're, they're coming back with this email before, I mean, two weeks later, they're coming back with this email, welcome back to school. And I'm like, oh my yeah. God, seriously, you're writing welcome back to school? Yeah, I actually had... How, we want to hear, how was your spring break? As if... This is an explicit lyrics podcast, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. like... Totally. Yeah, fuck I like, you. <laughs> totally. <laughs> sitting there cursing the email. Yeah, you know what it reminds me of? I remember many, many years ago, the first time I experienced a um, an infomercial, right? And I didn't even know what an infomercial was. And during the infomercial, they stopped the presentation in front of the audience and they went to a commercial break, which was just another commercial for the thing. And then they, they came back to the audience and the woman says, and we're back. And I'm like, what do you mean we're back? We're looking at the same thing. And this is what That's this totally felt like. That. It felt like, seriously, we're back from break. What did you do? You walked from your living room into your kitchen? Oh, for God's sake. Oh my God. Yeah. Yes, that's a problem. Uh, today we're calling New York City. This is one of uh, our hardest uh, interviews we had. Yeah. Uh, we're calling uh, Jador Matisse. He's yeah. a registered nurse. He is a gay dad, but he's away from his family because he's so, in, so much in the front line of this treating the COVID patients that um, he has to stay at a hotel. Yeah, he has to isolate himself from his family, too. This was, he's, he's an amazing man. Amazing. And this you was guys an should amazing hear this interview. Story. All right, let's do it. Jador, thank you so much for joining us. Um, can you... Um, Tell us a little bit about the work that you do and how the work has changed from before till to now with the pandemic. Well, I am a registered nurse here in New York City. I've been a nurse going on six years. 
um, since the part, start of the pandemic, um, I see where my profession has become very overwhelmed in more ways than one, especially for the healthcare professionals and the first responders. But for me personally, it's been very, it's been both emotional and physically exhausting. Um, I never get used to seeing patients dying and now it's like it's it's more than before normally you have a patient before all of this started and you know okay this patient is dni dnr it's a possibility that he or she may not recover from whatever complications that brought them into the hospital but i've seen it gone from healthy patients um that walked into the hospital to now on their last breath. Um, just Friday, when I worked, I saw um, a gentleman, very young, he was only 57, and he his oxygen saturation was extremely low. Mm-hmm. However, um, surprisingly, he was still conscious. So he asked to be... Um, that the medical team decided to intubate him. So um, he asked to FaceTime his wife before we did. We, we do the intubation. Right. And, and on the, the FaceTime, you know, I saw his wife. She was, she was very distraught, very um, emotional. She was crying. And before he handed the call, he told her goodbye. And... You know, we, we intubated him on the floor and then we, we brought him down to the ICU. And within minutes of him being in the ICU, he coded. Mm-hmm. And for the entire weekend, because I'm all from work this weekend, I can't not but just to think about him, think about his family, especially his wife and that last um, conversation that he had with her. Right. You know, it's... It's, it's really tough, and I wish people would take this very serious. I know that um, whatever is going on in the confined walls of the hospital, the general public, they don't really know or they don't understand, but it's, it's, it's worse. It's really worse than what's being reported. It's, it's, it's really bad. Tell me, I, because it's so, um, it can affect the people who work in the hospital very much emotionally and, and mentally, uh, do you guys get some sort of a therapy that you can, somebody that you can go and talk to about these things that you see? Yeah, so now the hospital is offering this virtual um, counseling um, where they're having, normally they had like chaplain services, but now they're, because of the, the pressure and everything else that comes with it, the emotional trauma, they um, are now offering um, therapy sessions to the, the staff. But to be quite honest with you, it's very... I have done therapy in my past life because I've been abused as a child. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's very hard for you to open up to someone that you don't know. Right. Especially for me, it took me a while for me to trust my therapist or for me to um, feel comfortable disclosing certain information to her. So for you to now have a therapist um, and you don't know if it's going to be the same person that mm-hmm. 
you're going to be seen. So building that um, professional trust and relationship with a therapist um, through this virtual session, it's, it's going to be very difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but the good news is that they are offering these um, these therapy sessions. I'm pretty sure for some people they may be effect, um, effective, but for others, I'm sure it's going to take a lot um, longer for them to be able to open up sure right well not a bad segue to help us understand a little bit about your what you have going on at home your family situation oh my god i have not been home in over a month oh (laughs) well tell us what what would tell us what would be there if you were home (laughs) (laughs) my husband right now is with my two-year-old son Uh, he is doing an amazing job. I am so grateful for him. He, I only communicate with them through FaceTime. Right. Out of fear of just pre-exposing them, especially the sure. um, Amir being only two years old, mm-hmm. I made the decision to stay at a hotel. Got it. So I've been, I've been here for over a month wow. and it's been a huge shift and my family dynamics. My son has been now withdrawn from me. He no longer laughs or he no longer talks to me as much as he normally does. He cannot understand why I'm not at home, of course, because he's too young too. Mm -hmm. Um, My husband told me last week, a neighbor rang the doorbell to drop something off for him. And Amir thought it was me at the door. And he ran to the door oh. and he said, Daddy's home, Daddy's home. And when he saw that it was me, he, he started to cry. So it's it's has taken a toll on him more than it has on me. And knowing oh, that he's going through this, it really breaks my heart. But I every night, every day, every chance that I get, I call FaceTime. I talk to him and I tell him that I love him and daddy will be home at some point. And, you know, I'm helping other families while keeping our own families safe. Yeah. And this is the only way I can do that. Right. So Dora, is there, um, it's kind of hard to ask this question considering what you've told us just up to now, but do you feel like there are any silver linings, any, any positives that you have seen coming out of this experience over the past month or so? I feel that at some point we're going to have a breaking point. My hospital alone, um, yesterday I saw them posted that within the entire um, system, because it's a chain hospital, right. we dis- we discharge over 3,100 COVID patients who have successfully recovered and, and sent back home. Mm-hmm. I do see, I do believe that this, is going to be around maybe a little bit longer than I anticipated. Mm. However, I think, and I'm very hopeful from what I've seen in the hospital, if um, we're not practicing and um, social distancing or if we're not taking these precautions seriously, it's going to be around much longer than it should have. Yeah. Jador, um, I think that it's important that we close with a question that is radically different from all of the others. You ready for it? Goes like sure. this. 
Over the last week, we would like you to share, you who are doing things that are so critically important for people, we'd like to share, we'd like you to share with us something that you have eaten that you are incredibly ashamed of. We want the worst. Tell us some awful snack or awful meal that you've had over the last week. I am sorry to disappoint you. Oh, come on. (laughs) To be honest with you, I have not been eating healthy. I have um, at my hotel here. Right. There is not a like a microwave or a stove. So mostly my meals consist of Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> it's not bad. It's the closest thing to the hotel. Right. That's what, uh, that, that's the kind of junk we're looking for. We're looking for okay. as bad as you can go. <laughs> so normally that's, that's um, what I have been feasting on lately. <laughs> well, listen, if there's anybody who deserves Chick-fil-A all day long, it is you. Jador, thank you so much thank for taking so much. the time to I talk to us. I hope you'll be reunite with your family and your son really soon, and you'll make I hope everything. so, too. Thank you, guys. And if I could just add, I just want to say to anyone who's listening, you know, don't take things for granted. And every day that we're able, every second that we're able to stand above our grave, just consider that a blessing. Because there's so many others who wish they just had that one more chance or that second just to tell someone how much they love them or to do something that they didn't have a chance to. So let's just all please just be grateful for the moments that we have here and please continue to be safe. Thank you. Thank you so so much. You're welcome. Let's clear.